0: before we get rolling let me uh let me pray for us and then we'll dig in so uh, uh father thanks for the reality that um uh that you're our king and lord i hope that 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 uh, can be able to be conveyed this evening and that uh from that you, you'd be able to uh use my words and not uh not let me get in the road and um father that you would uh, you would call my nerves and help me uh, realize that uh uh, I'm not blowing it because of uh, uh, because I'm doing this for you. So, uh, Jesus, thanks for the opportunity to be able to um, to talk about you this evening and to uh, to bring others uh, closer to you. Well, oh, we love you in your Son's name, Amen. So, uh, sp- speaking about here this evening is Mark 11, as what it's been assigned to me, and so um, wanted to uh, to read that to kind of get us started to uh, to compare with what uh, with what's being said. So uh, if that is able to be brought up on the screen, nice, uh, awesome. So as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany uh, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two, uh, two of his disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, uh, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this, say the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. And then it went they went away and found a colt outside the street, tied at the doorway. They untied it. Some people standing there asked, what are you doing, untying that colt? Uh, they answered as Jesus uh, had told them to, uh, and the people let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, and he sat on it. Uh, many people um, spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Now, those who went ahead and those who had followed shouted, Hosanna! blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord blessed is the coming uh, kingdom of our father david hosanna in the highest heaven jesus entered jesus entered jerusalem and went to the temple courts he looked around at everything but since he was already late he went to bethany with the 12 so as we're coming to the close of uh, mark's gospel here uh, in this quarter i think it's very similar to what uh, to what jesus is, is is going through at the time he's coming to the time of his of the end of his earthly ministry before he uh, before he takes care of business, of what he's desired to do and uh, set before before us. And so he's entering the town of the path because it was prophesied that he would. It was prophesied that he would enter through the Mount of Olives and, uh, and set up of that sort. And so, um, Brad, if you can bring that text back up for me. I appreciate it. I really appreciate Brad. We had a really rough start over the summer, and uh, I appreciate him putting it in the past. We uh, had an opportunity to be in uh, uh, Chicago together, and uh, our first time... Uh, Getting to meet him, I unfortunately ran him over uh, playing soccer. I'm not that strong of a soccer player. uh, uh, Football was a little bit more my sport. But, uh, um, yeah. So they're coming through the Mount of Olives. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Uh, and then we see at his entrance that he uses his 100% God-like qualities. You see, Jesus is best described, though it doesn't make any mathematical sense. Jesus is best described as being 100% God, 100% man. Carries full qualities of both at both times. And so, at all times. And so, as he basically prophesies to them, you know, tell, go to this village, tell them what's up. The a cold. It's never been, it's uh, never even been written. Now, For myself, I grew up in the uh, the Northwest Ohio area, and uh, the nice, nice, all right. I belovedly like to call it the NWO. And so uh, that being the case, I I grew up in the countryside. And uh, uh, growing up on the farm, uh, it is very difficult to train animals how to walk. I don't know if any of you have ever had an experience to be able to do this, but uh, from getting kicked off, from getting thrown off to getting stomped on, uh, stepped on. This is, these are big things, especially when we're talking larger animals uh, like a colt. Granted, a colt, you know, young young horse-like animal, uh, donkey-ish-like animal is is a, is a pretty big deal that he would explain this to be able to, to follow this out. Well, well, what's the point? What's the point of this? Well, what he's, what he's trying to point out here, what he's sharing with us here is that is that he, in essence, is is in rule. He is the one who is king. And as king, everything in his dominion obeys him even even the beast of the field so look at this and so this is a miracle even in itself that he would take this young colt that's never been ridden before and, and hop on top of it and so if we go to the next uh, next part of the um why are you doing this and as they follow through and, and run with that uh, to help them see a little bit more of hey why are you untying this colt what's going on um the people then uh, uh, drew things together that they answered Jesus and they told him, and people let them go. And then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it. said, "Now cloaks are something like uh, like an outer clothing. They had some some inner clothing that they typically wore is what we would maybe call underwear today. That was vastly different. But our cloaks were were pretty ratted and tattered, uh, often smelly from because uh, uh, they didn't have the fancy washing machines of what we do today. And so they're taking their cloaks and laying them over uh, uh, a young colt for them to ride in." Now, the religious leaders of their day—they had no their, their picture of their coming king to come and change the way that the world was set up uh, had to be very differently. Had to be a very different view from what they were seeing and following. This now, granted, scripture talked of this. This is what they had seen, but uh, but other kings from other nations had brought a very different picture of what they were expecting. And I think that we, in a similar way, though we're not under a monarchy and uh, and drawing this together, I think that we, we have some similar expectations by means of what we might expect a king coming into our city or coming into our lives. And so with that, I have another clip to kind of follow that up to, uh, to show uh, something that just recently happened here. But um, if you follow this with me, it's, I think it's a very funny um, ordeal that happened. Maybe many of you had seen it already. Um, so but here uh, it is. Whatever it is your job is. Yes, I love it here because uh, it, um, it gave me an opportunity to bring my dear friend and doubles tennis partner, Kim Jong-il. It was his dream to come to the Oscars and uh, to be sprinkled over the red carpet. <laughs> the funny, uh, the interesting thing is actually, it's actually made a <laughs> South Korea... <laughs> no, 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 sorry. You've got Kim Jong. Hey, you've, no. got, you've got Kim Jong Il. Wait a minute. We need to be in this up. Now, if somebody, it's fine. It's okay for you. Now, if somebody asks you what you are wearing, you will say Kim Jong Il. Have fun this evening. See, I think that's how today we would miss a coming king into our lives because we would be expecting something like this. Now, obviously, uh, you know, hopefully, we wouldn't be wearing Kim Jong Il. Uh, as part of that. But I thought that was really funny, as uh, Bacho's long-lost brother Borat wanted to uh, wanted to share with us. here to see him. <laughs> Which, by the way, is his favorite name to be called. It's wrong. so. But uh, uh, love that quote by means of what was drawn together. But again, what, I'm, what I, what I want to pick from here is, is just the reality of what we would even be expecting as a king uh, to be entering into our city, to be entering into our lives. And that being the case, um, we're going to we would miss the very point of what was, what was prophesied or what, what Jesus uh, had done. And so um, as we look at his life uh, and as we look at um, even the people that, uh, that followed him, you know, it, the red carpet is lined with all kinds of important people, all kinds of people that are set forth to, to ask questions, to hang on everybody's word, to ask that great question, oh, who are you wearing, um, and the like. Well, none of that was, was the case with Jesus uh, in his time. Who was he wearing? He was wearing sweaty, tattered clothes. He's riding on a, he's riding on a, a, a colt that walks half a mile an hour, not a, not a fancy limo stepping out into a nice plush carpet. You know, what he's asking, where he's entering, and how he's entering is, is a way that is designed to, um, to show his gentle side, to show his gentle side of what he has come to do. See, he didn't come to get his pictures taken. He didn't come to be asked all these great, uh, you know, superficial questions of what was set up there. He came so that he could come and, and serve, that he would be the servant king to enter in, into our lives. Enter into the town, and ultimately what he was, what he was trying to, to show there is entering into the lives of who you are. And so that's his triumphal entry. Being that his trium- that's his triumphal entry, uh, What about you? What does it mean to have the king to come into your life in a triumphal entry? Now, will you welcome the servant king with open arms and praise and anticipation? Um, or will you let the gentle king go unnoticed in your life, the unspoken uh, lives of those around us? You see, the people's response uh, of what was going on there was praise. See, Hosanna as a word is, is set up um, in, the, in the Hebrew as, as, a, as a word of praise, which simply meant, meant save. See, the people understood by means of what Jesus was coming here to do. They understood that he was part of the line of David, their coming king, their coming Messiah, what was going to save, uh, save them and change the world from what they had known up to that point. There's another side of this king. Um, uh, as we'll see a short bit later... In uh, the sandwich uh, set up of Mark, as Botcher talked a few weeks ago, about the large sandwich of it. Uh, the next section of Mark here is, is kind of set up as a mini sandwich, or, or a slider, as I would like to say. As the... <laughs> I hate sliders, uh, especially from, uh, from um, White Castle. That's the one. Thanks. Draw a blank there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just doesn't agree with this right too well in this region. But... Um, uh, the buns are the fig tree in this setup. And so what we're going to talk about a little bit here is, uh, is the meat. And the meat is him, uh, uh, is him taking, care of, uh, uh, taking care of the temple. So if we can bring that next text up. Uh, On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the, and the benches of those selling doves. He would not allow anyone to carry any merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this. Uh, They began looking looking for a way to kill him. And they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. Uh, If we could go back to that first uh, section um, there. Thanks. See, what did... What Jesus was doing here was, uh, uh, was a little bit different than what we saw as initial in his triumphal entry. Uh, where we see a little fire uh, to take care of what's, what's not right in the world. And what's not right in the world is what Jesus was seeing here was that a place that was, that was set up as worship uh, was not designed um, to be a place where it would be a den of robbers and putting things together. And so uh, what he does is he's, he's ultimately cleaning house, He's a huge huge housekeeper per se in that, and then I was a housekeeper, but he wants to get back to making things right. He wants to get back to the true character of what the temple was. see the temple was a place of worship where people could go for refuge and a place where people could go and get real answers to the tough questions about life and so that being the case, all he's really doing is is, uh, is cleaning house. Uh, the king has cleared everything out in place that uh, was that was. I'm sorry, the the king has cleared out everything for us to meet right with him. That nothing stands in his way. Uh, The king is willing to clear out those that he loves, so those that can get right with God and uh, in the rightful place uh, where he needs to be. This next clip is a a clip about uh, uh, a tyrant king. In in fact, the exact opposite of who Jesus really is. I'm sorry for the quality of this. This is the best that I could find, but this is probably one of my uh, favorite serious Movies uh, to put things together. So if... uh, uh, It's about King Edward I. I have come to beg for the life of William Wallace. You're quite taken with him, aren't you? I respect him. At worst, he was a worthy enemy. Show mercy, although great king, and win the respect of your own people. Before he lost his powers of speech, he told me his one comfort was that he would live to know Wallace was dead. Great, thanks. Um, the, the king there was the one that was lying there in bed. Uh, he had spent his whole life trying to rule as a tyrant, which I'm only bringing that up as, as the exact opposite of what we can view our king as. See, our king wants to ride in on a gentle um, half an hour a mile <laughs> uh, donkey in sweaty clothes and uh, in, in smelly other people's clothes set up to be able to enter, to enter into our lives, and so that being the case, um, uh, what we're looking at ultimately there with that as well is of what he came to do. He came to enter into our lives to, to ultimately to bring, us, uh, to bring us freedom. He's not that nasty tyrant king, and, uh, but he wants, to, he wants to enslave us to the world of joyless pursuits of money or, or worldly success. Uh, he wants uh, for things to be made right with you in such a way that he's cleared the temple and he wants your heart and to build your character. So who's your king? Is it the dying pursuit of school so that you'll get a great job, a hot spouse, a comfortable wife? Uh, let him be the one that frees you from the guilt and shame of all your wrongdoings and build in the character of royalty just as he is king. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never made a conscious decision to put um, him in the rightful place as king in your life. Now, if this is you, what's holding you back? If there are questions, find answers. If, uh, and ask me. My name's up there. Stalk me on Facebook, please. I would love that to be able to help you find answers. I don't know them all, certainly. I'm not going to stand up here and say that I do, but I would love to help you find them because I, I want just as, uh, as what he wants is to be, uh, to be the rightful spot in your life. If you have enough answers to be convinced that he is king, uh, ask him to come into your life. Accept the payment of the cross for his sins and claim the forgiveness of what he's done. If you recognize him as king already, uh, what are you doing about it? Are you willing to share uh, the Hosanna, save, praise? Uh, And tell others around you, your roommates, your floor mates, your classmates, uh, your family. Uh, Put it all on the line for the king. Because isn't he worth it? If he's not worth it, then we've got other issues that we need to be working through. There's other things that he needs to come into our own temple, the own temple of our Holy Spirit to clear out. And ask him. I think that what he really desires is that he desires to be in on your life. And I think the biggest thing that you all have to look forward to is future whether you're what you're going to be in 30 years or five years or even, even graduation. He wants to be included in on those conversations. Down from graduation to who to marry to oh, you've already chosen this great institution is the third most difficult decision of your life. But um, uh, even more so, even down to the summer. Summer's not too late. To ask him, God, what do, you want, what do you want to do with my life? How can you become more of a king in my own life? I'd love to have you come join me in Ocean City, if you're willing. Or even better, uh, this this spring break, if you haven't made any decisions yet, to come to Cleveland with you. He's given his life for you. Yours in return is not worth it. Uh, make something of your lives, the rest of your lives, uh, down to who you are. The king wants to build in you his character and use you for his glory. Will you let him? Let me pray. Father, thanks for um, the greatness of, uh, of who you are. And the kingliness of what you've uh, designed and desired for our lives, And know, Father, um, uh, things don't always go as way we seem. Sometimes life doesn't even turn out the way that we uh, uh, we would like. But Lord, you are, you're still King. You're still desiring uh, the deeper, greater things uh, of each of our lives. And so, Lord, whether it's um, coming to saving faith in you, Lord, don't let us leave here tonight without uh, without asking some of those questions or making an effort to respond to the great things that you've uh, that you've called us to Father if you uh, if we already called you king Lord and, uh, search our hearts to know with how we can be um, we can set you higher in our lives high and lifted up is what you desire uh, in and throughout our lives that we as temple of the Holy Spirit Lord that we would be changed by um, the renewing of our minds daily from your word and from uh, from sharing you with others so, so. Jesus, we love you. We ask that you would uh, uh, change us. mold us in the likeness of your son. In your son's name, amen.